Daddy, what are you doing? Um, I'm recording a show. Oh. I wanna go where the moon shines bright. I wanna dance under the stars tonight. Hello, my fellow faith-based investors. This is financial advisor, Say the Darndest Things. I'm your host and my mom's favorite faith-based investment advisor, A.B. Ridgeway. If this is your first time to the show, I want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill and want to learn more ways to increase your faith and increase your finances, welcome back. We have a very exciting show for you today. We'll be talking about the four pillars of a well-balanced life, the illness wellness spectrum, and signs on knowing what side you're on. And finally, I want you to stop. Whatever you're doing, I want you to focus on your breathing. Another second. If you notice that your mouth is open and you're breathing out of your mouth instead of your nose, then you won't want to miss the rest of this show. And be sure to stay until the end of the podcast because we have some special information to give you if you're thinking about changing your health for the better. But before we start, as always, I'd like to begin with the scripture. It comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with our bodies. Our bodies are our temples, aren't they? And we can honor God with them. I chose this scripture because our next guest on this show is going to shed some light on that very topic. What is the point of learning how to manage your money for the future? Daily, you're reducing your chances of making it there. That is why I brought our next guest on this show. If you've been following my social media, then our next guest is no stranger to you. She's an exercise physiologist and certified wellness coach. She has been the national operations manager for the YMCA in Australia, a business development manager, and now for the past six years, dedicated her life to helping business professionals regain their health as founder and CEO of Grow Wealthy. If she's not doing push-ups on the mountaintop or saving the lives of stressed out financial advisors, she's spending time with her beautiful family. And we are lucky enough to have her on our show, the Stephen Gwinnup. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, AB. Thanks so much for having me. What a great introduction. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I think you have a very powerful message to deliver, and by the grace of God, we'll have such a fruitful conversation that advisors out there will wake up and realize that even though the companies we are building are infinite, our bodies are finite. And I would love to start the conversation by allowing you to kind of tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, because I know you very well. I follow all the stuff that you post. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you want to tell the, the audience a little bit about yourself? Of course. Yes, I'd love to. Thank you. I'll try to be brief. I have two main stories that I want your audience to understand about me, about how I got to this place in front of you having this conversation. Perfect. First story starts when I was 11. Second story starts when I was 42. So when I was 11, my dad became an advisor and moved our family to a new town in a new state and grinded it out for 10 years to grow a financial advisory business. He became very successful. And that is my secondhand knowledge of this industry, growing up, watching from the inside out, 
what this industry can do for people from a monetary viewpoint, um, but what also it can take from people mm. from a health viewpoint. And I saw it with his colleagues, I saw it with him, and I saw it with his clients all. And that is what propelled me into the area of becoming an exercise physiologist and doing that for 20 years until I became 42. And that's my second story where I almost died in Australia. Oh, and wow. I was there launching a program through the YMCA's and some other um, fitness centers through the throughout the country and I almost died there I became septic and um, had to have a blood transfusion emergency surgery um, and I, I was headed out of this world it, it, my wow. two kids were there they were young my husband we were a world away from our family and I was making peace with my next phase of um, going going to the beyond and meeting really? my savior. Um, it was a very peaceful time, strangely enough. I felt at ease with the whole process because I knew where I was headed, but at the same time I wanted to live and be there for my family. <laughs> and fortunately I did survive. Great, good. However, what happened is that within one day, I aged a decade, maybe two decades. My hormones were destroyed. My gut health was destroyed. My muscle was um, atrophying. Um, I had a long recovery. And essentially what happened to me in that 24 hour period was just a really quick aging process. That's what we're all going right. through. And it's a gift. It is a gift. I would never want to go through it again or wish it on anybody else, but it's a gift and got me here to realize exercise is not the answer. Right either. So, you know, being fit, being healthy is more than just going to the gym. And that was my aha moment when I saw that the two worlds of finance and health are parallel to each other in so many principles, so many actions, so many skill sets. And one without the other is half a plan for success. Right. So that's when I decided it was time to go back and, and work with the people I love so much, which are the financial advisors. And that's now solely who I serve. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because, uh, you know, I, I was I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, and um, it actually feels good to have somebody to listen to financial advisors, right? Because as a fiduciary, we it's our job to listen really hard to our clients because we have to hear the things they're not saying, right? So somebody says, Hey, you know, I'm having financial trouble. That's, that's so broad. We have to kind of really drill that in. And sometimes as advisors, we're so busy listening to other clients. We don't even have the energy to even listen to ourselves. So for, for mm. you to take that position and say, listen, I'm here for you as well. I'm here to listen just as much as you listen to your clients. I'm here to listen to you and what your body is saying, because if, if you're not healthy enough to serve your clients, then what's the point, right? Because they're going to have to find another person and you're not going to be able to, to see them reach their financial goals like you're, you've been setting. Like, I, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful story. Well, thank you so much. And I, I jokingly say that I am you. I am an advisor. I'm a financial advisor, but my medium is not money, it's health. They're both assets though, right? Yes, very, very much so. Yeah, so whatever you're doing with your clients to help them move the needle down the road, um, I'm trying to help advisors do and and making advisors authentic to their own message. Right. That's that's what I feel like I'm doing. Well, yeah, I think a lot of advisors, right? We focus on retirement. And I think me and you had this conversation before is that, you know, as advisors, we're always projecting, you know, you know what does retirement look like? What does your, your life look like beyond retirement? But can you kind of 
dig a little bit deeper how you see um, the future for financial advisors when we're talking about um, projections into the future as far as our health is concerned? Well, it's one of those things, there's a myth out there that when advisors come into this career, they're told that if they hustle for three, five, maybe 10 years, then they can kind of step back and relax and then everything else will fall into place. I've heard so many people tell me that. And to this date, I've probably interviewed 280 advisors for a book I'm writing. So I feel like I have a pretty good, you know, finger on the pulse of what people are thinking. And that's what they think is, you know, if I can just get this money thing under control, then everything else will fall into place. My relationships, my health, my purpose, all of those things don't really need me to be actively engaged because they'll just have and that's that's false so you know what what the future holds for those people who take you know a more of a proactive interest in their health and treat it like a retirement account what they start to see is that their stress levels go down and when I ask there's one question I ask in these interviews and it's one to ten is your kind of chronic stress level I know it goes up and down but what generally speaking those who take care of their health always have a chronic stress level seven or higher seven, eight, mm. nine, 10. Those who are, are those, I don't know if I said those who don't take care of their health have a higher stress level. I'm not sure stress if that's level. what I said earlier. Yeah. Um, those who do take care of their health as a rule have a five or lower stress level. So they're in the mm. three, four, five range. And it doesn't mean that their career is less demanding, that they have less stressors. It just means that they have, they're more equipped to mm. actually deal with that career, with that stress. And then that bleeds out into other things like, you know, how much energy do you have to run your business? How is your patience with listening to your clients or being creative or going home and, you know, having anything left for your spouse or for your kids? And it, I call it the fertilizer. It fertilizes, when you take care of your health, it fertilizes everything else in your, your life. And, you know, if we, you know, quickly look at the the age wave study that was done with Edward Jones in 2020. And they found the four pillars of health, or sorry, four pillars of uh, um, successful retirement. And they were health, relationships, purpose, and finance. And we are focusing kind of opposite on finance, but we're kind of forgetting about the others. Um, You know, I, I think it's, it's, it becomes evident in phase three of life. There are four phases in life. And the third one is midlife. And then the fourth one is retirement. So what I see is that a lot of advisors do okay because they're go-getters. They make stuff happen. You know, they are very caring. They want to support and help and give. But when they get to that third phase, which is like the four to 60s, they start to see that their health choices impact their ability to continue to give. And then what they choose to do with that phase will directly affect phase four, which is that retirement phase. So it's it's critical that they yeah. address this. Very critical. And, and, and as a financial advisor, um, I'll, I'll put this point out there to all my listeners out here, many financial advisors, the good ones, <laughs> they understand there's two things. There is people, there are people who like to seek pleasure. You know, hey, you can be this, you could you could have this money, you could do this. And there's people who like to avoid pain, right? Mm. I don't I don't want to be sick. I don't want to be in the hospital bed. I don't want to. So I think first you got to figure out which one are you? You know, do you pursue pleasure or do you avoid pain? I think that's the first thing that we need to do. 
in, in that same vein, I have a question for you. Whether they're one or the other, right? The one who seeks pleasure or the one who avoids pain. How do they make that shift? Because regardless of how you think about life, you're still going to be in the situation where, hey, I'm approaching this, this third phase of my life. I don't want it to be destroyed. So how would you address them? And where do you say, like, where can they start, right? What, what is the starting point to make that shift? You know, I've asked this question of the successful ones and I've said, what, what was the trigger? What was it that actually made you take the step in this direction to be healthy? For some of the people, it's it's like a tap on the shoulder from one of their clients or a, a parent that went through something that, like you said, they're trying to avoid the pain and they don't want to go that route also. But honestly, if you can take your values, the things that are important to you, and then line those up against the way that you spend your day, if they're congruent, then keep going. But if there's a mis mismatch there. Like my family's important, my health's important, but I didn't spend any time thinking about my health today. And I didn't really spend that much time with my family or thinking about my family today. Then that's a dis, uh, a disconnect mm. that's not going to serve you well. So that's typically where we start is what are, what are your values and is your day, the way you spend your day, you know, reflecting that. And then we figure out, well, how do we set up a framework for your day to make sure that these things that are important to you get done? How do we right. put that on direct deposit, on right. autopilot, right? Right. Because right? everyone says to me, I, I try to get to the gym. I try to eat healthy. And as soon as I hear that three letter word, that try, I know for a fact that they're not doing it, right? <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> they, right, right. they want to, and there's not a lack of desire to be healthy. The body wants to be healthy. The mind wants to be healthy, but why is there a gap that exists there? And I, I think it's when you start to frame your day in a strategic way that you can start to insert those things. And I'll just give you an example. I love pickleball. Okay. The last month I didn't play any pickleball. Why? Mm -hmm. If I love it, why am I not doing it? And so I had to go back and look at my calendar. I have an ideal calendar and I had to look at where, how am I struct structuring my days so that I don't, there's no room there. So I went back and reworked everything. And now on Monday mornings and Friday mornings, I have a specific cutout time and then I can relax and know it's going to happen because it's already built in there. And that's what we try to do with advisors is say, you know, if these things are important to you, we need to build them into this framework of your day. Yeah, I, th I think that's very important as well. And, and, and I think, you know, I want to speak for some of my listeners here. Um, I think even in the financial planning um, industry, we find that sometimes our clients are overwhelmed. So, so we, we established this big plan of how they're going to shift their life and how they can do these different allocations and all these other things. And it's overwhelming. And sometimes yeah. we have to step back and say, break it up into little chunks and say, listen, in the morning, I don't want you to go run five miles. I don't. I just want you to put on your shoes. I want you to tie them up and I want you to untie them and I want you to get back in bed. And that's going to be the small steps that we're going to make. And then tomorrow you're going to tie your shoes and you're going to walk to the door and you're going to open it and you're going to fill that code and you're going to close it. And you're going to go back into the bed, right? <laughs> and you're just going to keep building on that until you're able to go walk outside, until you're able to do two laps and three laps. Because if you're saying, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to run three miles and you're breathing hard and you're, it's never going to happen, right? Because yeah. I, I think what we find out with, even with our clients and even with our health, sometimes you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that we feel like we can catch up later. 
like, okay, well, I didn't run one mile today, so I'll run two tomorrow. Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. run two, you know, I didn't run, you know, my two today, I'll run three. And that moment just never happens. We just continue to push back. Same thing with our savings. We just push back our savings. So, you know, I'll save later or, you know, I'm just going to buy this little thing and then then I'll start allocating money to my 401k, then to my, my retirement. But our health should be the same idea because, you know, this is my perspective here is that even those little deposits that we make in the wrong direction have compound interest. So he's like, oh, you know, this is just a little bit of candy, but it's not the candy that's really poor for you. It's the fact that you're willing to do it and how many times are you going to do that over the course of 20 years? And what is that yeah. going to look like? I think one of the most eye-opening things I saw was a TV show where uh, they do the consumption of a food, you know, whether somebody likes hamburgers or whatever they, they take, how many hamburgers they eat in a month or two and they multiply it by 20 years and they put on this big old truck. So when they open the door, all the hamburgers fall out or all the french fries fall out. It says, this was in your body and this is what you consume. But I think that that illustrates the fact that our bad choices have compound effects, but also our good choices. So when we think that, hey, I mean, this, this vegetable or this food is not helping. I'm not losing any weight. I'm not, you know, I'm not getting healthier. You are, but the, the changes are so small, but it's, it's the, the compound effect that you're looking for over the long term. Um, and I think that's just very yeah. important. You know, don't put off tomorrow what you could do today, um, even those small different changes. I think that concept is huge. In fact, one of my clients came to that same realization that he was actually thinking that. He would say, oh, I should live for the moment. Enjoy the now and I will catch up next meal. I will do Mm. what I'm supposed to next meal. But that next meal never, ever came. And so another client just last week came to me and said, my weight was up a a pound. What am I supposed to do? I was like, we don't even care what your weight is right now. We are fighting for the habit. That's what we want. We want the mindset. We want to be curious and we want to be aware and we want to just do consistent behavior in a certain direction. The weight will come off once we get the habit there. And that's what people, they just tend to focus on the outcome versus focusing on the process. I want to bring that up too. You talked about habits and, you know, some of your posts and things that nature. We talked about the illness and wellness spectrum you know, that sliding scale. Can you kind of elaborate on what that is and how people can actually place themselves on that scale to get an idea of what their life is? We talked about the balance, the four pillars, um, that if we're not living that balanced life, that's, that can throw off where we are on that scale. Mm-hmm. Can you dive a little bit deeper into the illness wellness spectrum? I think that's very powerful. Yeah, it's a powerful tool that I use with everybody. And it's a one to 10 scale, which is pretty common But when you look at the descriptors at the bottom, you realize that on this scale, you can either be moving toward illness or you can be moving toward wellness. And there is this false wellness zone smack in the middle. It's a five. And that means you're not really sick, but you can't really, you know, like if you were going to go try to run a mile, you might get hurt or it would be really hard. Like you don't have any signs of sickness or wellness. It's false wellness zone. People get comfortable in there and they go Mm -hmm. for a long time where their body's just kind of hanging in, but not really making progress. But what's actually happening is they're steadily sliding toward the disease, toward the illness. And so on that scale, a lot of people come to me and they're like, you know, I'm not too much wrong. You know, I'm doing pretty good. When we look at that scale, we're like, Ooh, you're actually at a five because you don't have these habits in place. Um, So what we're trying to do is move everybody to an eight. 
An eight on that scale is not perfect. Nobody's perfect. I mean, maybe if you're an athlete in your prime, you could be at a 10. (laughs) But an eight is just where you've got good, solid habits. You're eating well. You've got consistent exercise. You don't have chronic pain going on. And you've just got some really good foundations for you. So that is a really useful tool um, for advisors, not only to use on themselves, but to use with their clients. And just slide the scale across the table and say, where would you place yourself on this scale? And it's a really non-judgmental way to just bring up the topic of health. And it adds a whole dynamic to your conversations with your clients, because then you can say, well, if you're down here in the three range on your, your health, we need to start thinking about long-term care insurance or right. estate planning or some stuff that maybe we need to get uh, organized. If you're up here in the A, you know, income protection or, you know, money for your hobbies and travel or, you know, those types of things. So it really adds something to the conversation. And I, I can give that to your listeners if they want to go grab it off of my website. I'm happy to share that. The advisors out there right now, um, Steven's willing to go give you an assessment. You don't have to do this on your own and make up your own sliding scale. Because I think everybody else might slide it a little bit. To, I'm about a seven and a half, maybe a seven, <laughs> right? But, you know, just somebody who's going to be objective, somebody who's going to listen to you um, and, and hear the things that you're not saying. And hopefully that you don't say those three little letters that she doesn't want to hear, which is try <laughs> or try. Don't try to, don't try to be a financial. I was trying. <laughs> I didn't try. Yeah. <laughs> but also, uh, you know, this, we're, we're kind of about halfway through right now. There's, there's still another topic I want you to address. Um, also the, the, the story of the two fathers. Um, I actually heard you on another podcast and I thought that was very powerful. Um, the, the story of the two um, fathers. And I want mm-hmm. you to address that right after we go into um, this little break. So if you are listening, thank you. Um, We're going to take a short little break and we'll be right back. This is the perfect time to let you all know that if you'd like to speak with Stephen, we'll be having a 30-minute live Q&A on LinkedIn and YouTube live after the show to dive a little bit deeper into these topics and allow the audience to ask those questions I know you're all writing down. So be sure to also subscribe to our social media platforms, mine and Stephen's. That will be in the description of this episode below. This way, you don't have to wait until Friday to get your dose of faith in finance or wellness. You can get some a little bit every day that's going to have that what? Compound effect we just talked about. So also, if you're a financial advisor, make sure you go to our website and claim your free wellness audit. Check for that link in the description below. You will not regret it. I promise. Your body will thank you later. All right, Stephen, we are back. Um, so hopefully during this commercial break that a lot of people went out there to your website and, and looking you up right now on your LinkedIn, which you are very active. And let me let me admit that right now. I don't know how you produce so much content, but it's wonderful. And I was not joking at the intro. I mean, you're everywhere. Like, like I say, you're hiking, you're on, you're on mountains, you're living life, and you really be an example of what you preach. You know, you know, you practice it. And, and I, I see it in your post. It's like, even if you're faking it, 
you cannot fake it <laughs> seven days a week <laughs> because even if you're faking it you're going to get some progress like if you're eating a carrot you're like i don't really like carrots but after 300 days i mean you're gonna be healthy so yeah <laughs> but now but, but but now that we're back um just for people who uh just tuning in right now we talked about the four pillars talked about health relationship um, purpose and finances. We talked about the illness wellness spectrum. Um, she actually shared some of her stories of how she transformed from somebody who believed strictly in exercise to somebody who turned into wealth. So she is the daughter of a very successful financial advisor, and she learned from the inside out that wellness is just as important as wealth. So we're going to dive into a story of two fathers that she shared with me off camera. And uh, I want to share that with you. I want you to go through that one more time if you can, because um, that actually changed the way that I thought. I actually talked to my own father um, after hearing you talk and say, listen, um, I'm going to have Miss Steven on my my, uh, my podcast, and I want you to listen in um, because you're a father. I'm a father. I have a son who's one day going to be a father as well. And I want to make sure that this generational curse of this illness slash wellness um, breaks and it stops with us and it's right. never too late. Yeah, it's never too late. No matter where you are, you can always start. But the story of the two fathers, I have a father, I have a father-in-law. They're both retired. They're both have enough money. They both have enough time. But one father is able to go out and beat me in pickleball, <laughs> walks the golf course every single day, almost like walks 18 miles, sorry, 18 holes. <laughs> <laughs> And can outfish me, out racquetball me, and just went for a ride with my daughter, bike ride with my daughter yesterday. And he's living life. He's very healthy, tanned, muscular, 74 years old. The wow. other father, again, say, retired, enough money, enough time. So same scenario, but he has to go to dialysis three times a week. Mm. The only time he gets out is to go to therapy or to go to a doctor's appointment. And he is there enjoying his dogs on his lap and television. And just, just think about that for a moment. Everyone shoots for retirement. They shoot for having enough money, shoot for having more free time. But think about the quality of life, the difference between these two is like night and day. And what you choose right now, like today, this moment, to get up and pace while you're on a phone call, to go outside and get some sunshine, to lift up something heavy, to maybe go for a, a, a sprint to the mailbox when you normally would have just like, I don't know, gotten your golf cart or your car and picked it up on the <laughs> way in or something, you know, right. like make the extra effort to, to go beyond because it's going to pay you, as you keep saying, compounding effects in your future you are putting money into your account versus taking early withdrawals right. and i don't know about you but i want to not have 16 years of six span and that's what the average is for the america for for um, people in america is that we have a lifespan average is 79 years old it's increased um from 56 years old, 100 years ago. And now the lifespan is, is increased and we're like, yay, we're doing great things. The problem is that the health span has not increased. Mm. 
So we are not living healthier longer. We're living longer, but living sicker longer. That average of six span is 16 years. So my question to your listeners is, how can you live well longer and shorten that six span so that there's just a few years to live long and fast. That right. would be ideal. That would be ideal. And you, you said it earlier, and I think you hinted at it as well, is that your habits are going to build your future. Mm-hmm. Right? What you're doing today is, is let, let me take a step back. Let me put into the, the eyes and ears of the listeners now. Who you are now are based on the habits you had before. Mm-hmm. So if there's something that is your weakness or something that maybe even your strength, think about how you built that, right? So I have four children, and this is 11, 10, it's going to be five and four. But, but the idea is that's every day, you know, from diapers to, to walking, to crawling, to running, to, you know, to, to, to little league and, and everything else as that progresses. And it's those small habits of spending time and nurturing them and talking to them that makes them the children they are today. It's those small habits. I didn't just sit them down for a five-hour lecture and says, listen, I'm your father. This is how I talk. This is how I walk. And this is how you do things. It, it takes a, a daily habit, very small increments. And it builds the future we have today. Because we, you know, people say, oh, you have some such well-mannered kids. And I say, I'm still working on them. But <laughs> this, is, this is 11 well, years. I was saying this is 11 years in the making. Yeah. It is. And you do a great job. I love your post with your kids and the things that they're learning. And that doesn't happen overnight. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. true investment and it's the hard way to go, right? It would be so much easier just to yell something and not get up and not have the conversation. And they are your audience. You're talking to them. The thing about your health, who is the audience when you're talking about your health? Who's listening? Well, your kids are listening, but someone even more, more important is it's your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is listening to the thoughts that go through your head and believes that those are true. So if you say, I can't, I won't, I'm not, fill in the blank, whatever it is, I don't have time, I'm stressed out, I'm busy. If you say that to yourself all the time, then everything begins to work in that direction to become more of that. So when you're talking to yourself, I think that's where it starts is think about your future success and say, I'm, I'm working toward this. I am this I'm becoming, I can. And then your subconscious mind begins to hear that too. And things start to work toward that end as well. And you just have to keep feeding it. Yeah. And I I totally agree. And let's take this back a little bit to financial advisors, right? So when a financial advisor sits down with a client, they're making sure that all the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed, but and I like this saying here is everybody says, well, how do you save for retirement? How do you do this? How do you do that? Or is this the right question? Or is this the right money allocation? And I always say it depends, right? And the reason it depends is because I'm, I want to know what variables are being considered for making this decision. So should I invest this $50,000? Is it your last $50,000? Is it one of $150,000 that you have spread out to 50 different accounts? It depends. You know, are you in debt? Are you out of debt? Have you paid off your home? There's a lot of variables to consider. So uh, I said all that to say this, financial advisors out there, is health a variable that you're considering for your future? Because if it's not being considered, you cannot make decisions on it. So that's what I encourage you all to do 
is to involve health in your conversation about your future. We love talking about KPIs. We love talking about client acquisitions. We love talking about assets under management. But how much of our health is under our own management? Are we relinquishing that to doctors, that responsibility for them to, to give us pills that we can afford with the money that we buy? Are we asking them to save us in surgery and to hook us up to the latest technology created by STEM experts to keep us living longer when we really need to take control of our own assets, right? Because we talk about, what do you think insurance is? Insurance is uh, almost like a safety net for when we don't cover our own selves, whether it's life insurance or other things, it's just basically uh, security. Well, I think we need to stop relying so much on doctors and, and relieve them of that stress. They have other diseases they need to take care of, right? And I think we need to think about our own health. So if you're out there listening right now, I want you to take in what Stephen is telling you and involve it into your conversation with yourself. And then after you've done that and you've done some self-reflection, I really want you to go see her. I really want you to go see her platform because I'm not just saying this because she's on here. Her posts are so motivating. You could almost do it just on the post that she gives you. But after you talk to her, you will see the spirit of it. And that's why I tell people all the time, you can read the Bible all that you want, but unless that spirit gets into you, you're never going to really feel it. And I think Stephen has that spirit that you need to grow your business, to grow your health to a level that is beyond anything that you, you've seen. So I'm, I've been motivated. She, she knows I'm, I do yoga and she has me on the top of my head. I'm like, oh, I got to do this. You know? <laughs> so like, I got to get out there. I know it's winter time. I know it's cold, and, but I bundle up. You know, we, 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 we involve it in a conversation and I'll, I'll say this and I'll, I'll let Stephen talk again. Cause I know you're here for her, but I feel that God is going to answer any question you ask, but if you don't ask the question, you'll never find the answer. So if you ask, why am I not healthy? God's going to give you an answer. Well, this is what's going on. But the thing is people are afraid to ask those questions. And I think that's what Stephen does. She asks you the right questions and have you ponder the right questions so you can get some answers and change your health for the better. Beautiful segue into the basic, I have this hierarchy of wealth mm -hmm. that I teach. And on the bottom row is awareness and curiosity. If you don't mm -hmm. have those two things in place, just to know what am I actually doing? And I wonder what would happen if, I wonder right. what it would be like if. Start asking those questions and and the answers will show up when you start asking the questions. And you also mentioned KPIs, key performance indicators. We check our bank account checkbook, right? We check our, right. our rates of return. We check to see how retirement and 401ks are doing. Do we how often do we check on our health KPIs? Right. What are our health KPIs? If you don't know what your numbers are, what you should be looking at, that's a really good place to start because it takes three data points to have a trend. And you right. should have at least three quarters where you're tracking some KPIs and understand, are you headed in the right direction or the wrong direction? And that that is where I think a lot of people don't see their health as part of their retirement portfolio. Mm. But when you put numbers to it and you track the trends, you can start to see how you can grow and protect it just like you would some of your other assets. Yeah, you know, I, I do want to mention um, benefits. You know, I think a lot of people are complaining that pensions are going away and we may not have Social Security later on, but there's a lot of benefits that your employer has that you can have for free. And some of them are your annual checkups. 
And the reason I'm bringing up your annual checkups, because if you have to come out of pocket, that'd be very expensive. But in some cases, check with your employer and your financial advisor, you may get that annual checkup for free. And the reason I brought that up is because on that annual checkup, you can have some of those KPIs as far as your health, your triglycerides, your weight, your body fat, you know, all those different um, aspects that you can start somewhere, right? Yeah. You don't have to go out there by yourself. You don't have to say, well, I I'm going to do my arm inches today. You know, you can have a whole sheet of a printout of uh, where your, your health stands today and where you want to be in the future. Stephen, do you mind maybe giving some, some pointers that people can take away right now? So if they just incorporate these um, things into their life right now, they can start to make that shift and be curious about their health. Nice. Yes. Well, I would say as far as KPIs go today, right now, go home and get out your soft tape measure and measure your belly button right around your waist at your belly button level. And if it is more than half your height, then it's take action time for you. If it's less than half your height, then maybe it's not as, as critical that you take action right now, but still something to be concerned, uh, aware of. Aware. So that's number one, that's number one KPI. And it's called your waist to height ratio. Divide your waist by your height and you should get a number that's 0.5 or less. So that's number one, you can do it today right now and get a snapshot of where you are. And I'm awesome. telling you this number will indicate your chronic disease risk profile and it will also indicate your confidence level in your own body. Mm. A lot of people come to me for the two L's, I call it. They either <laughs> want to come to me for looks or longevity. One of the two. <laughs> right. And honestly, it's the same. You, you measure your waist. It's, it's going to affect your looks and your longevity both. Right. So know that one. If you are going to go get some blood work done, ask for your A1C number. That's your blood sugar, long-term blood sugar number. And ask for vitamin D. Please, mm. I beg of you. We need to make this a common number that's in every blood draw that you do because it tells us so much about bone health, immunity, gut health, stress, all kinds of things. Awesome. So make sure you get those. Um, and then as far as what else you can do today, it, if you could boil it down to, let's say two things that would make the biggest impact. And like you said, AB, I post about this stuff all the time. I give everything so I know much. away the best way I can. And I posted this last week on LinkedIn is if you can break your day into two parts, just cut it in half, have half of your day be eating and mm. half of your day be fasting. And it's called your feeding fasting windows. And that makes your body so it doesn't have to be a multitasker and try to be like eating and digesting and repairing and doing all this stuff at the same time. Let it do what it does best. Let it eat and digest and then let it repair. So you're ready for your next day again. So that's number one. Number two would be what you do at work. Everybody thinks they need to get to the gym and they need to go for a walk at night or, you know, do different things like that. But what do you do at work? Right. And if you can split your eight hours into one hour chunks where you get up and move for at least one minute, that's all I'm asking. Break mm -hmm. the sedentary bouts into smaller sedentary bouts and move for at least one minute, go to the bathroom, walk around the room, pace on the phone, do a few push-ups. Like, I don't care what you do, but it's like taking your cell phone and it goes dark when you don't touch it. Right. When you touch it, the screen comes back on. It's telling your body that you're still alive. Right. And all these switches stay on like glucose uptake, oxygen uptake, all these things that keep the metabolism running. So touch the screen of your health 
repeatedly at least every hour. I would even say if you could do it every 30 minutes, that would be better, but at least at the top of every hour move. So and those I'm, would be some real things you can do right now. And I'm, I'm going to give you a bonus tip. And I don't think it's any surprise what this tip is. Go get your audit from Steven. Go get your, well, your audit. <laughs> Go get your audit from Steven. That is the bonus tip. Uh, the thing is, um, sometimes I love these tips that you're, you're giving. They're perfect. Um, they even align with as far as uh, studying goes. Uh, I believe in the 90-20. If you study for an hour and a half, you need at least 20 minute break to let your, your brain relax and to focus on something different um, because you're, you're learning um, your ability to retain information drops usually after about an hour and a half. So you may be going longer, but you're not retaining as much. So to take a break, and I love this about your fitness, taking a break as well. But as advisors, we, we kind of have to get our ego out, out of there, right? We need a professional to kind of take a look at what we're doing. Yes, we, there are some steps that we can do. We can take care of the low-hanging fruit. You know, we could drink water as soon as we wake up. There are some little things that we can do, right, to make that ship. But if we really want to make a huge impact, we need to make sure that we have an advisor like Stephen. Um, visit Grow Wealthy. Definitely reach out to her. Make sure that we're getting those audits done. Uh, make sure you're having a conversation with her and, and allow, let's, you know, therapists say this all the time. You need to get on somebody's couch. You know, you need to release <laughs> some of the things that are going on. I know sometimes we feel we could do it ourselves. We, you know, hey, we made it this far. We don't need any help. I promise you, the older that you get, the more you're going to have to rely on specialists to really dig deep into your health. And I think Stephen's a good step before you have to go see your doctor. Cause I tell you, I'm going to tell you right now, it's better to go see Stephen and pay for Stephen than having to go to a doctor and have to pay them. Cause you're going to have to pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars trying to get your health back when Stephen is trying to help you prevent it. Now, what they say, uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Go there, go to her platforms and get some, get some curing as opposed to having to deal with this, you know, the diseases that may be coming down the line. Yeah, and you made a really good point. I've actually had a few people this past year who they went to their doctor first and they got diagnosed with something and then that impacted their ability to get insurance Right. and they had this thing on their record. I was like, oh man, if we could just work together and get your numbers down, get them in line and then go to the doctor and then you would be able. So one guy, he actually was denied health insurance or not health wow. insurance, life insurance, life insurance for his family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not that it was expensive. He was actually denied it because of his BMI, sleep apnea, and something else, which I can't remember. So we can definitely address those things. And it's better to do it now as opposed to later once the diagnosis has already happened. Right. And then also, too, let, let, me, let me clear the air here. We're not trying to scare you into doing this. This is not what this is all about. What we're really trying to do is let you know about the possibilities, you know, because everybody needs a wake-up check. And I think sometimes we want to ignore this conversation and throw it under the rug because we can afford to. We could throw money at some of our problems. Hey, you got a backache, you, you go to the masseuse and you, you do that. You know, you, your lower back hurts and you know, you, you go and you, you take an Advil and you cure it, not knowing that maybe the weight of that stomach is causing your lower back pain. And if you don't get rid of it, if you don't get rid of the weight, it's gonna cause more back pain and you're gonna have to pay more. It's just a vicious cycle that we got. So I know all the advisors are out there we want to encourage you. We want to be optimistic. We want to have God in your life and, and to guide you because we want to be around for generations to come so you can see your children, so you can see your grandchildren. I know what you're thinking. How do I get in contact with her? I was thinking the same thing. But what we're going to do, 
I'm going to have Steven give out her. She has Facebook groups. She has all kinds of social medias. You can contact her. I'm going to allow her right now. I want you to take out a sheet of paper. I want you to open up a browser. I want you to have that cursor ready because she's going to give you access to where you can find her and you can change your life. Excellent. Thank you. There are two places I'm going to give you. The first one is if you want to get your own wealth score and take a five question quiz that's going to tell you how you're doing. So go to growwealthy.com, G-R-O-W-W-E-L-L-T-H-Y.com. It's right there on the home screen. Now, if you want a tool to use with your clients, I've got four conversation starters that are going to help you ask better questions of your clients and support your business. If you like that, I will send you the PDF and just go to growwealthy.com forward slash retire. So growwealthy.com forward slash retire. Go both of those places. I'll give you those, those resources for free. If you want to follow my content, don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn. We're going to have those links at the bottom. So if you're worried about if you missed it, or maybe you're, you're, you're tuning in a little bit late, we're going to have those descriptions at the bottom. And as I said before, there's going to be something special. I don't know if she wants to mention it, but eh, let's put her on the spot. You have a book coming out. Right. I do. Yes. You, you want to touch on the book a little bit? Cause I'm a nerd. I'm a book nerd. Um, I, <laughs> I do have my official, you know, library card, which I use all the time. Right. Yes. So as an author, you want to tell a little bit about your book? Yes. This book is industry facing. It's for people who are professionals in the financial industry to help them navigate this career and have their health still be intact by the end. And so I am interviewing uh, 300 advisors. I'm very, very close to being complete with that. And then the book writing process is beginning this quarter and hopefully finish next quarter. Um, my goal for this book is that it will empower you to start living a wealthy life, to grow wealthy and protect that wealth, but also be able to extend that to your 100 or 200 families that you serve and be able to give them tools to, to do the same thing. And that really excites me because I get to help these advisors and then they in turn get to become a mentor and go help their families. And that makes me feel like my purpose is being served. That's what they call compound purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Your purpose grows to 200 and their 200 grows to 200 and 200 so that we can impact a whole industry. And I think yes. it's a blessing. I think your dad would be proud that his daughter is actually taking the reins and helping the financial industry, which he's grown to know and to love. Um, well, he I've... will probably listen to this. So hi, dad. <laughs> <laughs> hi, dad. How are you doing? <laughs> daughter did great. I really appreciate her being on the show. Um, I think our listeners are going to be truly blessed. Um, as always, um, if you want to follow us on our social media, we'll have um, this playing, there's going to be a live Q&A, right? You're coming to the, the live Q&A? Of course, I wouldn't miss it. Okay, perfect, perfect. So you got to put them on the spot. Just, <laughs> <laughs> But we're going to have a live Q&A where we're going to have some more in-depth questions. So um, throughout the course of the week, um, we're going to be collecting questions from people who hear her material and hear my material, and you get to talk to her directly. So if you've been biting at the bit to answer your questions, guess what? We're going to have it there. Well, I hope you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice 
should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. And simply visit our website and join our family. I'm A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of our blessings. Daddy, are you done yet? Almost. Why? Can I come inside?